everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and today being Saturday, I've got a great conversation that I get to share with you. It is with Corey Lease. Uh, she's someone that I met through First Form Outdoors. Uh, she loves hunting. She's been hunting since a little child. We'll get into her story, but she absolutely loves the outdoors. And she's up in Wisconsin, which I don't know how you can like the outdoors this time of year uh, in Wisconsin with it being so freezing. But either way, you're going to love this conversation, guys. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you that I put out three episodes a week. Monday, gear reviews. Wednesday, solo episodes. And Saturday, sit-downs with amazing individuals that are they love fitness, they love family, they love the outdoors, and they love their faith. Those are the four main pillars that I talk about here in Redbeard Outdoors. The reason why I talk about them is because I've realized that people who are consistently successful in their endeavors in life apply those four pillars to their lives in their own form or fashion. And I love hearing everyone else's stories, how they do it, and how they've found success. So that's what we got today was that great conversation with Corey. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that this show is brought to you by some amazing companies that I get to work with and provide you with discounts and just amazing quality gear, nutritional supplements, whatever it may be. Of course, we're going to start with First Form and First Form Outdoors. If you're not in on the Facebook group on First Form Outdoors, definitely go check them out. Let them know Redbeard sent you with First Form. Best quality supplements in the game if you're looking for a multivitamin, if you're looking for a fish oil, greens, or some protein bars, pro bars to go take up in the mountains, whatever it may be that you need, definitely go check out First Form. If you have any questions, definitely shoot me a message or an email. My email is down below. As far as backcountry nutrition goes, Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice are my top two choices. That's what fuels me when I'm in the backcountry, backpacking, hiking, camping, whatever it may be. Definitely go check out Alpen Fuel and Heather's Choice. This show is also brought to you by Black Ovis, All In Digiscoping, A3 Archery Bowstrings, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Absolute Aid CBD Chewables, and Affect Beard Oil. Guys, go check out the links down below if you need any of those products. If you want to give them as a gift, right now there's a lot of those companies that are providing great Black Friday deals throughout the weekend. Go check them out, guys, if you need to update any of your bow equipment as well. Quattro Archery is another one. The Bow Hitch is another one. Just great companies that I get to work with. Go check them out, guys. Now, without further ado, let's bring in Corey Lease. All right, everyone. I got an amazing guest here, Corey Lease. I met her through First Form Outdoors. Uh, she's doing amazing things. She's had an awesome journey up to this point with her fitness and nutrition goals. Um, she's also into hunting, which is cool. And uh, so we just wanted to, I just wanted to bring her on and, and show you guys that there's people out there just like you and me that are just crushing it at life and, and making things happen. So Corey, in a nutshell, who are you and uh, what do you want the listeners to know about you? Oh, wow. Well, first off, thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to be on here. I love listening to the podcast. I really love um, what you're all about and really going into what I'm like is so similar to how you start most of these talking about um, fitness and hunting and how those things just tie together as a whole throughout your life, seeing where 
hard work takes you in both of those aspects, uh, where your passion can take you, things like that. So I love that. I love how you start your podcast with those. Um, I'm just a small town Wisconsin girl. Uh, grew up hunting with her dad, of course, and now I have a fiance, two dogs, and a cat. We have our own house and branching out and getting our own hunting lands and really just becoming like what we want to chase in life and how we want to grow and hitting that aspect of things. So it's really exciting. That's awesome. You know, it's crazy. I'm meeting more and more people from this Wisconsin and I still have yet to be to that state. So I'm hoping to, uh, I'll probably be up there for the elk shape camp, um, this upcoming year over at Vortex headquarters. And so, uh, I don't know, are you, you going to go to elk shape camp? I think so. Yeah. Um, that's actually super close to me. So you have to let me know if you come up, we can meet up. I'll show you. Wisconsin's a place to be, man. We've got yeah. some big deer around here. Except for December, November, or I guess December, <laughs> January, February. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, I like the cold, but that's like, that's, that's freeze your beard off cold. So I don't know about that. <laughs> it gets pretty cold. We did 75 hard back in the beginning of this year. And we had mm. to do one of our outdoor workouts with the wind chills, negative 20. So yeah, that was fun. <laughs> it sounds exciting. You could just get a workout standing out there and shivering for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like you're That's not awesome. doing jumping jacks because you have to, you're doing them because you want to. Right. To, yeah. To stay warm. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Well, that's cool. I, uh, I guess I, for some reason, didn't realize you were from Wisconsin. So that's, that's really cool. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, you know, honestly, there's, there's so many things that, that I love to, to talk to people about. And like you brought up just the whole idea of the faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors, you know, everyone has a reason for the things that they're doing. And, uh, and we kind of talked a little bit ahead of, uh, you know, recording this to where, how your journey has changed just a little bit, even through school, but you've put in some work and you said, you know, a mix between a degree and some hard work to get to the position you're in right now. So, uh, I guess I'd start there. Why, why did you want to be a physical therapy assistant? Why a director now, uh, where you're at and, uh, what's, what was the goal behind, I guess, those, those goals you had uh, originally? Yeah, so I love helping people. I've always loved the idea of being in the medical field, stuff like that. But one, I can't do needles. Nursing quite was interesting to me, but I've always loved fitness. So helping someone reach their goals from a rehab standpoint really stuck out to me. I love to work out. So that became a big thing for me and getting into the field. I learned to just absolutely love it. And as I got into the field very quickly, uh, the director position opened up and I was working with an amazing team at the time and truly like the director position, it is the boss position, but the way I saw it is you're more of the support role. You go to the boring meetings, you do the paperwork, you do all of the late night stuff like that. So your team can be the best that they can be. So I just loved that idea. So I jumped into the role. Well, Alex had to convince me a little bit because he heard about how it's organizing and he talked about all of my millions colors of pens and how I love to write everything down and just be a nerd from like an organization aspect and he said you know this really is a job for you so I jumped in and I'm so glad I did because I love to help them I love to support them and it really is truly rewarding working with this kind of clientele and watching people walk again and being able to go home and enjoy the things they love to do once again that's kind of the best part of this job that's awesome I love it yeah it's it's hard for me uh you know, when I, I did some shadowing for physical therapists and, um, 
and watching the old the elderly individuals uh, having to go through what they're going through, it, on one one end, it reminded me that I wanted to do everything that I could to not end up in that state. Because when you talk to them, you know, they're excited, like what you're saying, just to be able to walk again in some situations. Um, and it's it, it's humbling. Uh, and it was it made me want to help them even more. But at the same time, it, it reinvigorated my idea of wanting to help people prepare rather than repair, uh, because you definitely don't want to have to deal with the repairing if you can avoid it. Obviously, there's things that you you can't avoid. Um but that definitely takes a special person to be able to work with elderly individuals and and help them get back to just a better quality of life. Uh, and so that that's awesome. That's definitely pretty cool. Um, so organizing. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm looking at your office here, and it looks really clean. If I move this camera at all, like it is, yeah, I can't. Even, it's like a tornado went through here. I've got like piles of gear. I, I can't remember what uh, who I was talking to, but I was on the phone with someone. And, uh, oh, I was, I was on FaceTime with somebody and I was like, Hey, yeah, let me show you something real quick. And I went to go grab something. You just hear just crashing. Over here. I was like, uh, ignore that. <laughs> yeah. So um, my office looks good, but yeah. my home hunting room is still a bit of work. So I need, <laughs> so to, I need I to divide my areas up. I can't have it in the same area. That's what <laughs> am I making stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. So, um, talk to me a little bit, I guess. You, so you said you, you grew up in Wisconsin. Um, you know, are you a back, a Packers fan? Yes, but that's a sensitive topic right now. <laughs> Might have to end the podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan. So I, I just remember throwing a, I threw a big party when the Steelers and Packers were in the Super Bowl, And of course, everyone, no one else cared about football when I was back in, in, uh, at BYU in college. And, um, but I, you know, I grilled burgers. I got through this big old party. I was like, yeah, they're going to win again. And of course the Packers ended up winning, you know, and everyone else was just rubbing it in my face for the entire rest of the year. And I was like, but I made you burgers. Come on guys. No, <laughs> I guess they weren't good enough for them to root for the Steelers with me. But, uh, so there at Wisconsin, um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, growing up hunting, uh, with your dad was, was a big influence for you. Um, how, I guess, start from how did he introduce you, uh, to hunting? Because I think that's something that a lot of people, uh, I guess need to learn uh, so that they can be better as parents, but also mentors helping people getting into hunting. Um, you grew up hunting whitetails. So how was that? How did your dad introduce you to that in a way that was appealing to you? Yeah. So, um, I'm really fortunate to have the dad that I have. He, bought 40 acres of land in this beautiful place, like in the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin. Like you look all areas, you don't see a house, you can't hear any cars. Like it is peaceful and amazing. So I grew up really, really young there. And he um, built just a tiny little cabin and every single week I'm going to go out there. And I just explored, used my imagination. And that was like our home away from home. So we started shooting guns there and just really got into every aspect of it. And he was kind of more strict than most hunting parents, I would say. As far as I didn't get to shoot bow or bow hunt until I graduated high school because he really knew so much was on my plate. He's like, you have to practice this. You have to be accurate. You have to 
really do the best you can when it comes to bow hunting. And when you're in all these sports, all these different things, I'm not, I'm not going to do this with you because unfortunately it's going to hurt the results more than it's going to help. So we really focused on gun hunting and especially in Wisconsin, I was that 12 year old girl freezing in this little shack. And I can remember it perfectly, just like bug carcasses in the ceiling. Like it's just, just a rickety old thing. And we're sitting and overlooking our whole property when their first year comes. And I remember it was already chasing it was you season. And I remember him like calling and it didn't work. And I'm like getting more excited. And he called again. It didn't stop him. I'm like, what are we going to do? And like, I was getting more into it. And finally he actually just yelled like, Hey, and the deer stopped and I shot it. We tracked it through super tall grass, pulled it out of a creek, uh, gutted it and everything. So the whole experience itself, like I, I can visualize all of it. He was so just detail oriented and make sure I understood all of the benefits, all of the difficult things, how to be a responsible hunter and how to enjoy it and get into it. Um, it just really was amazing to me. And he was so passionate about it. So growing up in that aspect and learning to get excited and I think especially the fact that I couldn't bow hunt for so long had me itching so bad and why I, it is my absolute favorite. So he was just one of those dads that it wasn't just like, this is a fun thing. Like this has a consequence always, whether you get something, whether you injure something like a successful hunt is still a consequence and we need to learn to respect the animal and just be the best we can be for them. So I think just between the brutal honesty and letting me enjoy the fun of it as well. And seeing both worlds really helped me become passionate about it and not just, this is a fun little thing I do on the side. Nice. No, I like that. So there's some key things I want to highlight there, but uh, first off, you know, kudos to your dad. Cause I'm sure he, is he a bow hunter? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know how passionate I am about it and how I love to get my kids out to shoot. Um, not so much this time of year. It's a little too cold for him with their little fingers, but uh, you know, they, they love getting out and shooting a target and, uh, I, I love getting them into archery, but I I've also had the thought of when they do show interest in hunting, I don't necessarily want to start them with a bow, you know, and I also kind of don't want to buy a crossbow cause they might only use it for a year or two and then move out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's good to start with a rifle and also talk to them about the consequences, but uh, I, I love that your dad was strict on that. I'm sure he was itching to get you into a bow as well, but he also doesn't sound like he's one of those guys that's like, you know, you just pick your bow up the year or the day before season and brush it off and and start shooting it. He understood the aspect of having to train with it, having mm-hmm. to, you know, tune it properly, make sure you're not just injuring the deer, not just flinging arrows down range uh, because you like to shoot a bow. But, you know, that he was he was very detail oriented. And I like that. I, I really appreciate that. And I think a lot of people can get just like you can get buck fever and you can get excited about things in the field. You can get excited when you have kids that show interest into your your passions. Mm-hmm. And that's something I that. Think, uh, yeah, I think it would have been different if I was a kid that like didn't play a lot of sports or wasn't always in like drama, softball, mm-hmm. basketball, volleyball, like a million different things. I feel like if you have a kid that just isn't interested in those and you see this passion happening, yeah, you can take the time and absolutely make them a great bow hunter young. Like there's plenty of wonderful shooters at a young age. 
when I was a kid who had many different things and if you don't practice bo- basketball and you go and you just keep missing, you missed a basketball. Like that's mm-hmm. the worst consequences. Some other kid's parents going to get mad at you. Like, yep. <laughs> um, but this is, this truly is like a life or death situation. So that's definitely depending on the kid and their activity level. Sometimes you have to hold back. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he wasn't just all about hunting, right? The fact that he understood you had other pursuits that maybe at the time were, were definitely more important, you know, whether it be with sports or schooling in general, you know, he understood that. Uh, so that, that's really cool that, you know, he, he was able to distinguish that and kind of hold back his own, uh, I'm sure he was excited to get you out in the woods and, uh, he was able to kind of control that, rein that in a little bit and realize that he didn't need to push you into hunting as much because who knows if he had, you know, allowed you to shoot the bow at a younger age, and maybe you ended up with a bad experience or you got burned out on hunting, you may not be where you are today, right? You were able to live out your childhood, enjoy the sports, enjoy your friends, enjoy the teams. And then now you're, you're even more passionate about it because you still circled back around after high school and said, I want to pursue this even more. So I think that's pretty cool. That That's really great parenting. Kudos to him. I'd shake his hand if I, if I knew him, but, uh, uh, that that's so cool. That's awesome. And I think a lot of parents can learn from that for sure. Um, so you start out with a rifle, you got your first deer. Please tell me your first deer wasn't that magical 12, 14 point buck <laughs> that you've never been able to outlive. Right. There's so many people no, like that nowadays. I, <laughs> and I got it. You see these kids who get them and one, you're like, that is so cool. But at the same time, you just think about what you went through to get to your big deer and like, oh man, like I can't imagine. I know, right? <laughs> no, I had actually the, the first year I got really kind of showcased my future in hunting. We mostly, like I said, he was chasing a doe, pretty much saw just his right side most of the time. Um, I shot him, we got to him at the creek and all of a sudden we get there and he's got this nice right side and then maybe two or three inches on his left. And it is like <laughs> dark dark like broke in the velvet um just this like banged up really unique looking deer and since then I've had one typical <laughs> out of like my four or five other bucks so it definitely like there's a big joke running around that that like if there's a non-typical deer on one of our properties it's like oh there's a quarry buck like <laughs> <laughs> That's the one she's getting. I say Corey may lease the rights to this buck. No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. Uh <laughs> I bet you haven't heard that one yet. Um <laughs> oh gosh. That's awesome. No, but that that's How cool. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you get out of this now? Um, yeah, so that that's really cool that you know. I, I always bounce back and forth on that too. Um, the non-typicals versus typicals. And honestly, I don't, I don't really have a preference at this point. Like I was just excited to shoot it. Ended up being a two by one this year. Um, but I thought it was a two point and that's the, that that's kind of the rule that I had set. Cause last year I got a spike with my muzzle loader this year. I was like, okay, two point or better period. And so it ended up being a two by one, but you know, <laughs> it's kind of that situation. I saw his left side, couldn't really make out the right side, but um, that's really cool that, uh, you know, again, you, you had that experience with, with your dad, you know, your first year. Um, and then have, have you continued hunting with your dad on those properties or have you, have you kind of moved on to your, your own stuff and figured out your own properties or, or what's going on there? 
Yeah, so I hunted with him for a little while longer, uh, turkey, stuff like that. When it came into like leaving high school bow hunting, I, you know, did what all parents kind of have a bittersweet feeling of. And I started hunting on my own. And I'm definitely at the point where either I'm going to Alex's property or I'm going to my family property. And maybe sometimes there's someone who's on the property or maybe I'm completely alone for miles and miles. And it's just, well, might have to call someone to track, but I've been doing this for so long that it's, it's just something I love. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know how to go out there. I know where I want to go. I constantly check my like hunting stand app and stuff like that. So we've got my property, we've got Alex's family property, and then we're looking at building some more options. So that's awesome. That's really cool. That's something that I, I want to get into and know more about. And, uh, I'll probably have to reach out to you and some other people as well. When I get into whitetail hunting, um, I actually just went out to North Carolina for my brother's wedding. And my aunt was like, we watch deer and turkeys all the time on our, off our back porch. I'm like, when are you inviting me out to hunt? Cause I'm going to come get them. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but, but yeah, that, that's really cool. It's a whole different ball game uh, compared to out here. You just pick a plot of, you know, public land and you just hike until you see animals, right? That's kind of, uh, the baseline of, of strategy here. Whereas with whitetails, I mean, do you get into it where you actually go out and you, you plant food plots uh, and all that stuff, or do you, is it more natural growth that you just kind of play the wind for your stands? So I would say we have a pretty strong combination of both when it comes to like, I, we put up a lot of trail cameras and when it comes to what you'd naturally see them liking to do working around that, so we're not going to just put a, you know, a food plot where it's like, hey, I want to open this up and put one there. Like sometimes Alex will get ideas like that, but typically it's, here's the trend. Here's how they're acting. They know this land better than us. So let's work with the land. Let's work with their habits to pick tree stands, to pick where we're going to put our food plots. Um, is there a trail we're going to open up and then use some leaves to try to push off another trail and tunnel them in the direction that we're hoping for that's still their general direction if that makes sense cool yeah so you're not just like putting this magical food plot that i can only imagine like i just picture deer you know they walk up on the spot and they're like hmm this wasn't here last year it looks really good though <laughs> you know like I'm I just, leaving me a place somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like obviously deer don't have you know the voices in their head they've got instincts but it's funny to put that you know that idea in their head you know or the um what was the one thing that i saw the full mounts where it was like a a cow elk and a bull and the bull looked like it was like yelling at her like screaming at her bugling at her and it's like, I told you we didn't need to visit your aunt down at the lake or something like that. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's just funny to to picture those things. But that's cool that you guys like to to keep it as natural as possible and kind of go with the flow, follow what the deer are wanting to do. Um, you know, something else, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I think it's cool that and it I've noticed this out here with pronghorn, uh, especially because they're like right off the highway in Wyoming. Um, and they don't mind 18 wheelers, cars flying by them at 80 miles an hour. Um, but the moment I pulled off the, the highway just to get a good look at them, they were gone. Like they knew something was up. There was a car stopping. What the heck? And they just left. Uh, do you notice that with deer on your property that you can be out like maintaining things that you maybe normally maintain and they don't really care. But the moment you step into the tree line, they're like, Pew, they're gone. 
Yes, they are sometimes the dumbest and the smartest animals I have ever met. Like, it's funny how truly, like, we could be driving by one of our properties and we'll see, like, a good deer just staring at us. Or, you know, we're driving around in the ranger. And actually, one of the times I was, I was closer to the ranger and I got out of the tree stand and I went to go pick up Alex. Normally, we leave it running. Because if we turn it off, that's another thing that they're like, okay, Rangers turned off, we're out of here. If you leave it running, it kind of keeps them calm. Hmm. But I knew it was going to be there a while. I didn't see any deer. So I turned it off and I sat there and we were sitting like many mornings straight and I'm sitting in the Ranger. I'm almost falling asleep and there's something to my right. And I kind of look over and there's like a yearling trotting less than 10 feet next to me, right by the Ranger. And I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) So truly, like when it comes to tractors on the farm or driving the ranger around, or even we drive um, my Jeep or his truck to a camera, they'll tolerate it just fine. But yeah, once you step out, once you park, you stop that vehicle, you're like, okay, something different. We know Hmm. this is wrong. We're getting out of here. Yeah, that's awesome. That's it's cool to see. And yeah, yeah, the smartest and dumbest animals, turkeys are the same way. It's just, oh my goodness, this little thing, it's it's funny, you know, turkeys are described as a chicken with a, a, like, chewed up piece of gum slapped on their head, right? That's that's what they look like, the ugliest demon birds out there. Um, Well, that's awesome. I I love that you guys are are getting into that, you're still pursuing it, and you're pursuing it together. Now, uh, you know, you brought up Alex, Uh, you're, you're engaged to Alex. And uh, how is that going? Do you guys compete when it comes to hunting, fitness? Uh, are you guys kind of uh, amicable when it comes to that? Or is it like, you know, h- how does that work <laughs> since oh, you both are hunters? We are so competitive. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, we are engaged. Very recent. Um, he proposed just a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, I've been getting a lot more deer these past few years than he has. And I've gotten some really big bucks off of his land. So that's so why he proposed. He's like, I need to learn from her. <laughs> originally, the big joke was people kept telling me, they're like, if you keep shooting his deer, he's never going to propose to you. So I would tell them, I'm like, I'll take the deer. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so obviously, he proposed. Uh, it was wonderful. Um but now the joke is he's like, okay, he he just gave you a nice ring. You should let him shoot one. So now I'm telling people, okay, I'll let him shoot one. Um, but no, it's it's really just been circumstantial that, you know, some of the deer that I took, he would have passed on because he has such a higher record and just has so many more deer under his belt than I do. Um, and really just I was in the right place at the right time. And most of the times it was like his guidance or because he wanted to sit one stand and I was like, okay, well then I'm going to play the wind and I'm going to go sit over here as far, like far away from you and got lucky from that aspect. So I'm, I'm really hoping he gets one because he, he puts in way more hours than I do. He puts so much work and dedication. Um, but yeah, it is a big competition between the two of us. Of course, we are always so happy for each other whenever we're successful, but it's, we tease each other a lot. It's, it's funny how we can be like each other's biggest supporter and competitor at the same time. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's awesome. That's a good mix though. You know, you don't want to, you don't want it to be boring where you're not competing on anything and, and you're just kind of like uh, roommates, but at the same time, yeah. uh, you know, it, I, I could see you guys getting fired up about stuff like that, you know? So that's cool. I, I, I like that, you know, there's, and there's uh, 
there's a couple of other couples out there that I, I see. And they, obviously they talk about how, um, you know, it gets pretty competitive and heated. They can't hunt together, uh, or they're not very nice when they hunt together. Like they can share camp together, they but they can't go out and actually hunt together. You know, <laughs> and yeah, I, I can and see I think that. That's an aspect we are fortunate um, yeah. that we do want what's best for each other. So that's good. That's good. Well, cool. That's good to hear. So, um, talking about kind of, I guess, moving into the fitness aspect of things and and how I how I met you and, um, I, you know, your journey has been awesome so far. And, uh, you obviously are with the first form outdoor crew as well. Um, and, and so I guess kind of walk us through why, why did you, or I guess, tell me about your journey. I guess tell, tell the listeners about your journey. I know a little bit about it, but tell, you know, just, this is your platform right now. Just tell people where you started, why you started it, where you're at now. And then even if you have some future goals, which I imagine you do, um, go for it. Yeah. So um, I've always, like I said earlier, I've always been into fitness and obviously being in the rehab world, when you're telling people exercises, like you want to have the credibility. You want to be like, I can do this. I know how to do this. Um, So I've really always enjoyed it, but there's, and I'm sure like you've under, you've seen this at one point or another in your life too that there's you're missing something like there's a gap there and I would have never ever thought that I was standing in my own way and I would have argued if you would have said it because I try my best I do what I can do um but I was like I was standing in my own way and another thing with Alex and I being so close is we're like oh do you want to go grab a beer yeah I want to go grab a beer and we'll go and like we'll drink beer with friends and have not great food and had a lot of areas where we were totally slacking in our fitness. So finally near the end of last year, we were like, okay, we love to get stronger. We love to work out, but we're not happy with how we are. We're not happy with how we look. We're getting, you know, it's affecting how well we can hunt stands where we put the ranger, um, stuff like that. Like it truly like our ability to hunt as hard as possible and prepare for, going out west and things like that so we decided to do 75 hard together and we did that at the beginning of the year and that was the toughest most amazing thing we've ever done um it was it was even amazing for our relationship which we never expected so we did that and when we started it we didn't know what diet we wanted to do because we do we really like to play food we like to enjoy what we're eating we don't want to stick to some bland diet or completely cut out carbs or anything like that so we found the first form app and we were like, okay, like let's do macro tracking. They're doing their new year's uh, challenge. So we can do this all at the same time. And we'll just end with the app once we're done. Well, we fell in love with the app. We had great results. Alex lost, I think he lost almost like 40 pounds. I lost over 20 pounds. Wow, like that's amazing. We still have friends. Like we'll look at old pictures of us and be like, I forgot you look like that. Or like, you're like your face looks swollen. They're like, Oh, we don't mean to be mean, of course. And we completely agree with them that we look so different. Like looking back at those pictures, like our cheeks just look bigger and we almost don't recognize ourselves. So that really drove the start of this all. All right, guys, brief intermission here. Just wanted to give you a personal invite to come join me over at Redbeard's fit crew. The crew is growing I want to say that we're at 200 right now. 
going strong and just continuously bringing people into the group. Guys, the Redbeards Fit Crew is all about building that community of great, like-minded individuals that just want to better their lives, live happier, healthier, more successful lives. And right now we've got a step challenge that is, that's going on through the end of November and uh, definitely some other great things in the group. So definitely go over there, check out the link down below or go look up Redbeards Fit Crew on Facebook. Also, First Form Outdoors group on Facebook want you over there as well. Same thing, guys, uh, just run by some of the guys over at headquarters at First Form. Uh, amazing individuals, people that are wanting you to live happier, healthier, more successful lives. So go check out those groups. Here's your personal invitation. Hop on over there while you're listening to the rest of this conversation that I'm having with Corey and uh, go join up on the groups, guys. Looking forward to seeing you over there. And let's get back to the conversation. And we got super into macro tracking and we're getting all of our like friends involved in helping others. And that's when uh, Jake reached out and asked if I wanted to become a coach there. So then now I can help other people get that feeling. And it's been amazing. So this past year, like we've always been into fitness, but this past year, has transformed our lives literally um because we are just so much happier with ourselves we've lost a lot of weight we're stronger we enjoy hunting more honestly which has been amazing and it's something we didn't realize how much would affect that and we participate if you want to come up to wisconsin for some more fun we participate in the beast mode archery challenges yep and looked at them they're intense Mm -hmm. Ryan is brutal, but they're amazing. And we've created some lifelong friends. So I did it once before 75 hard and this whole year of finally getting the results of looking for and being happy and feeling like myself. I did it once before and I did it this past summer and it's insane how much I was more I was able to enjoy it. Um, enjoy being with others during it and just kind of feeling a little more confident in the preparation of one day going to do these super intense hunts out West, getting it out, packing it out, stuff like that. So it's been an amazing journey, but it's also been so incredible. It's almost like two different journeys that for so long I was into fitness, but then this past year is like its own. It's been completely different. And we're so fortunate that we have each other to do it with and make mm -hmm. these changes. And it's just been incredible. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's crazy how, how much 75 hard can change people's lives. Uh, and I think anyone who's done it right, you can tell. And I know they say that a lot and people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, but no, you really can. Like it really does alter the course of people's lives uh, if done correctly. And a side effect is losing, losing fat. If you're looking to do that, uh, but you, you're so much more mentally strong, mentally more capable, capable and uh, more organized. I don't know if you can get more organized, but uh, you know, just more <laughs> organized in, in your own mind and, and more efficient with your energy and your time. And uh, there's a lot of things that, that I've kept from doing the, the 75 hard and live hard program as I'm waiting to start up uh, phase three here um, in December. And uh, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely something that is, it's hard to explain to people until they've actually done it. Uh, Cause there there's ups and downs throughout the whole thing. It's kind of interesting to me that, uh, you know, everyone has a rough time around day 45 to 50 
And then once you hit like that last week, you know, you've got a rejuvenation of energy to get through the rest of it. But like you kind of hit that down point around like around day 50 ish. Um, everyone's kind of like, oh man, I've still got like 25 days of this. And, you know, um, but it's, it's cool that again, that it changed your life and it changed your, your fiance's life as well. And in so many aspects, I imagine your, your work, you were probably more efficient at work, but also with hunting and you lost a lot of weight. Um, I mean, that's, that's significant between the two of you, 60 pounds, like that's, that's intense. You know, that takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication. Um, so kudos to you guys that that's really great thank you yeah uh, and I think you brought up a good point of it it definitely was not just a weight loss aspect like like I said it, re- it really changed our relationship like we became more partners at home getting stuff done together and we realized how much time in the day we actually have to get stuff done like we don't have to be frustrated the next day of all we didn't do or that someone else didn't do or like those normal fights that you, you can kind of have with your spouse um we were both with your spouse work. never what <laughs> that's a thing okay <laughs> yeah no really though that's that you know it's not something people show on social media a lot but it, it yeah. it's true you have little spats here and there for ridiculous things but yeah anyway sorry <laughs> no worries um it's you're both putting in the work and changing mentally as you said so like we have to get this done so we got it done as a team and we might have to ask uh for a little advice from you because we're going to be starting 75 hard again in January and we're going to do the whole live hard program in 2023. So we're super stoked about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finishing up. Uh, is this my second time with the live hard program? And then I did 75 hard the year before that. Um, and I didn't realize, cause I guess I wasn't listening to Andy well enough, uh, but that there was a live hard program until I was like two thirds through the year after doing 75 hard. And I was like, Oh, well, it's too late to start, but started the next January. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a big, a big deal. Uh, (laughs) I've wanted to do an extra 75 hard in between phase two and three, um, just because you feel, you feel almost off when you're not on a program, but then I have Andy's voice in the back of my head. And I was telling Jake this the other day where he's just like, he's like, look, you don't need to be on a program. It's supposed to carry on. If you've done it right, it carries through that gap that you have between the different phases. And, and I'm just like, dang it. Like what? I have that voice back there. I'm like, but I want to be on the program. But, I, but, but Andy says you shouldn't have to I'm like, ah, but, uh, you know, it's definitely, it's definitely worth it. And I'm excited for you guys, especially as you're prepping for your wedding. Um, you know, you're adding more things, you know, as you, as you take over his land, no, I'm kidding, but, <laughs> uh, no, that that's, I, I think it's awesome that you guys are working together through this. I, I love seeing couples that, that work together. Um, people that are genuine people that really enjoy life. Cause you guys seem to really enjoy life. You're not just all about grinding day in, day out, 24 seven. Um, you know, there's a life behind it. And so the fact that you're able to enjoy it, but also realize how much more you could do with your available time, you know, that's, that's a big thing with, with 75 hard in the live hard program. So that's, that's cool. Again, kudos to you guys. So you've got, uh, you've got some fur babies. Um, yes, we do. yeah. Do they, do they ever help you hunt or do you leave them at home? Um, <laughs> So the cat, we leave at home. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, yeah. So we found that to be a smarter decision. Um, 
Coulter is our Fox Red Lab. He's just a pup right now, so not a whole lot of experience. We got him, we're starting to introduce him to water a little bit, and he doesn't know how to feel about it, but we've got plenty of time for that. He has one toy he's obsessed with, and it's his stuffed pheasant, um, so that's a good sign. And then Waylon is our yellow lab. He is our gigantic two-year-old. He hmm. Everyone asks us if he's part of Great Dane because he is just this tall guy. He is obsessed with sheds. So he loves to find sheds. And we've um, tried to get him on a few birds, but we have some good friends around the area who have amazing pheasant dogs. And one of them actually has Waylon's mom. And he said, you know, I've had a lot of great hunting dogs, but I've never had a dog like her because she tracks the birds in the sky. Mm. and Waylon does the same thing with birds and planes mm. like he'll watch them from one end just totally travel to the other so we're a little late to the game on that I think just because we're such obsessed whitetail hunters but mm. I think we have some amazing potential for them to get into more of the bird scene so we're hoping to work on that a little bit more this coming winter that's awesome that's awesome well, cool. So you're even getting your, your fur babies involved. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Lifestyle for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the whole thing behind it, you know, is you, you want to get outside as much as possible and you want to keep it simple, but at the same time, like, you know, you go down those rabbit holes, uh, especially with, I can imagine with whitetail hunting, um, comparing trail cam photos and, and things like that. Uh, and you know, it just, I, I love it. I love the passion behind it. Um, that you guys have. So that's really cool. Uh, what's your, I guess your favorite, are you more of a bodybuilding style workout? So traditional weightlifting ish, I guess that would be different than, than bodybuilding. Are you traditional weightlifting, um, powerlifting, CrossFit? What's your favorite kind of workout? Or I workout? love traditional weightlifting. Mm. I feel like and obviously not everyone's the same, but I feel like so many girls I know it's like cardio, 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 let's get some dumbbells and a little weights. Um, I could never do cardio and just lift heavy stuff all the time. <laughs> I absolutely would. Um, but as I'm trying to take hunting as more a very serious priority and preparing for all the beast mode events and just trying to in general be healthier and a better athlete and a better hunter. I'm trying to get more into the cardio stuff. Um, but yeah, I, we have a rig in our garage and I just want to lift heavy every single day. <laughs> That's awesome. What, how long have you been doing that? Has it been since sports? Uh, did you kind of fall off for a little bit after high school? Um, you know, what, what's your journey through the weightlifting aspect? Yeah. So I would say since high school, like I was always one of those people that, was just a little bit stronger, but I grew up um, doing farm chores, horse chores. Uh, I was the youngest of four girls, so I was my dad's son, basically. So I was in the garage, helped. Like if he had to move something, lift something. Like my five-two um, little high school student come run into the garage and help him. <laughs> but it really, I always felt a little more stronger, and I always wanted to keep getting stronger. And I really found just uh and it through 75 hard too to kind of bring it back to that but getting stronger and weightlifting is definitely where I found kind of like a form of self-love is that pride in like what your body can do so it's really just started since then and just been a continual thing as I've gotten older I've gotten into more 
barbells and less just dumbbells and body weights and things like that. So that's been my favorite um, kind of change in my fitness aspect is getting that confidence and that education to really lift heavy and not just as much as I can with dumbbells and stuff like that. Awesome. That's really cool to hear. So I I do kind of want to delve into this a little bit too. And this is another reason why I wanted you to come on because I'm trying to get more, more women on the podcast because I feel like there's, it's growing. The voice for women in in the outdoors is growing, but I want to do my part and help with that too. And so when I see people like you that are confident in the outdoors, obviously there's a journey behind that. You weren't just born thinking I'm good to be out in the woods alone and lift weights, you know, and not be judged. Um, and it's an unfortunate thing, right. For, for women to kind of have this aspect or this, this, this mental aspect from what I understand anyway, that you're going to get bulky if you lift or, uh, you know, you can't be in the woods alone. Um, you can't be out in the dark, just things like that. Um, that kind of, I'm, I imagine at one point went through your mind as well. Let's start with the, the fitness aspect of it. How did you overcome the idea of, you know, not getting, not wanting to get bulky by lifting? Like what, what was it for you that got you maybe out of that mindset or something similar? I'm not saying that's how you thought, but did you go through that? Did you think that way at any point in your life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, like, and especially with women, there's always the fear of not looking right not looking the way you're supposed to in every aspect and everything you want to do. And with working out being, bulky and unattractive in some sort of aspect that way is always one of them. So working out and slowly, like you'll get bored of like just being the same things. And the whole point of working out is getting better, faster, stronger, whatever aspect you're going. As I slowly branched out and was working on improving in different aspects and I would do something that's a little stronger, it would just spark more happiness. And I would keep doing things that would be a little bit stronger or two more reps more than last time or going up a dumbbell. And slowly as that progress happened, you really found, like I said, like that self-love, that confidence in yourself, that joy of working out. And the more I did it, I never saw like, oh my God, I'm turning into a man. Or like, No um, She-Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and that fear, that worry, the more I just found love with lifting and working out and being better and stronger and stuff like that, the more that worry just kind of fizzled away. Mm-hmm. Like since you brought that up, I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that was a fear at one point in time. I forgot about that. Now it's true, like confidence and happiness and pride in what I can do. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I again, I, it, it pains me because it's not, I think it's a mix of a bunch of things. I know there's a lot of internal dialogue obviously um there's a lot of social pressures and then of course there's from your parents as well and so uh that's why you know for me with my daughters i'm always like it it's a combination of nutrition and lifting for them right now it's more body weight stuff with dance sports soccer stuff like that um but i'm trying to encourage that from a, a younger age so that they have an easier time getting through the social pressure that may come from someone saying they're too strong to be a girl or whatever um things like that and so i think that's key i love i love that you shared that and i appreciate that because again i want people to understand that just because you pick up a heavier dumbbell doesn't mean you're going to look like she hulk 
Like that's not, you're not going to come out green and, and six feet taller, you know, <laughs> like that's just not how that happens. Uh, but along with the, the working out, right. There's also the nutrition. So I'm sure you were a little shocked when you started tracking your macros with the first format and you had to eat so much protein. That's exactly so. what I thought you were going to go with it. <laughs> yes. So talk about that a little bit and how it, you know, you, again, we've established you lost 20 pounds, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I imagine that most of that was fat, which is what you wanted. And so you were able to do that by also eating more protein and lifting weights, which for some reason people think it's going to make you bulkier, but you slim down. So mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about the the nutrition aspect and, and maybe how you overcame that, that hump that you had to deal with seeing how much you had to eat. Yeah. So I actually just had a conversation with another girl about this where she was like, Hey, I've been inspired by your journey right now. I'm working out at this specific gym and this specific trainer. And they're talking to me about my goals and they're saying, do I want to lose weight or do I want to build muscle? And I told them I want to do both. And they said, you can't do both. And she's like, you look so amazing. Like, which one did you do? Because you look so good. I'm like, I did both. <laughs> I told her, I'm like, I, one of my favorite parts of 75 hard is that it made me stay consistent. And it was, here's my PR for the day. Here's my PR for the day. And it would be, um, so I use like the 75 hard, um, app that he has. And like, you can write notes every day. So every single day I'd be like, here's my PR. I got to add the five pound plate on each side of this, or I did two extra reps and those small little PRs over and over and over again to suddenly like, Hey, I was terrified of back squats and now I have 45s on both sides. Like that's a huge thing for me. Um, it just, it, it, like I said, it was just truly my favorite part of it. So I told her, I'm like, yeah, I lost weight because I finally knew how I'm supposed to eat to help my muscles be happy while we're saying goodbye to that fat. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was just like, oh my gosh, thank you. Like I thought maybe like you could do it. And I just, I didn't know what answer to tell her. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, yes. If you're going in a huge deficit and using a whole bunch, you might lose some muscle, but it's nothing compared to if you truly just focused on weight loss and we're like, yep, I'm going to lose all my muscle because it's absolutely not the case. Yep. Exactly. So how, but how did, how did you overcome the idea? Like, was it just the, that you saw strength gains and fat loss at the same time you saw it happening. Is that how you overcame it? Yeah. And that's really um, kind of also what I told her and I showed her most of my pictures and um, talked to her about, okay, like I have all of my workouts locked. Here's how much I deadlift before 75 hard. Here's how much I was the last like week or two before I ended. And I was like, you know what? I heard the same thing you did. And I was, and I just really went in with, okay, I'm going to try to stay on track nutrition wise the best I can to lose weight. And I'll just keep trying to lift as heavy as I can. I'm not going to be like, I'm defying the odds or I have to listen and I can't lift heavy. I was like, just in both aspects, I'm just going to do my best. And this is how the results came out. So it was just That's simple. Awesome. So just put in the work guys, you know, <laughs> you know it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it, yeah. Trust the process. It's a little, it's a little scary. Um, and I can imagine like for me, it's, naturally I'm like, man, I want to eat more. Right. But, uh, you know, I've been in sports and everything like that. It, I didn't have to necessarily overcome 
that aspect of it. So I don't talk about it very often because I haven't experienced it, but that's why I wanted to hear from your perspective. How do you overcome that? Um, Cause my wife's the same way. And I think most women are too, when they look at that or they, if they do start using the first form app, they work with a legionnaire or a coach um, and they, they notice that maybe they're eating the same amount of calories, but the macros shift a little bit to where you're eating more protein. Um, most people in general aren't eating enough protein. And that's most Americans, uh, men and women. And then I think women even less so than men. And so when you see all that and then you realize how much chicken or tuna or steak or protein powder, or if you're vegan, you know, I can only imagine even more so because that's hard to get protein as, as a vegan or a, ve a, a vegetarian. But um, yeah, that's why I just wanted to hear about that, because I, I think that's important for people to hear from someone who's gone through it and has had success and consistently is still having success um, by by doing that. So that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Now with hunting, just to kind of, uh, I guess we'll, we'll end with this. Talk to us a little bit about your um, experience with hunting. Obviously you had a good mentor and your dad, uh, but now you're hunting on your own. How did you overcome the idea of going out on your own as a woman? Was that even ever a thought in your mind? Um, and if so, how did you overcome that? Yeah, so obviously as it became more and more of a passion my big thing was I don't want to rely on okay I have the opportunity to hunt right now but my dad's not around like I, I don't want to base something I love or something I'm passionate about around someone else's schedule or someone always holding my hand um and it like you can do the process as slow as you want like it could be like you start off with uh two stands in a tree to He's just like across the field in a different stand or slowly space it out more and more like that. But I feel like, honestly, I feel like all of this ties together between wanting to build the confidence in hunting, wanting to build the confidence in working out. The mistakes are going to happen. It's learning from them and it's not letting them stop you. Like the first time you injure a deer, you're going to cry. I don't care who you are. It is you work so hard to not do that. And then it happens. And then it's really, really hard. But that's where you learn to get better. That's where you're like, okay, I can never let that happen again. Or I, a dumb mistake happened this. Or even like something simple as like, you tried too hard calling and you scared a big buck away. Because I remember experiencing that. And that point, like, you're almost like desperate calling out of your tube, just trying to get him to turn around. Um, It truly like, those mistakes are going to happen. You can't let them stop you. And when they happen, you need to be able to take a step back and be like, okay, here's the actions. Here's, here's what the scenario consisted of. What did I do wrong? How do I pre prevent myself from doing this again? And as you go through those mistakes and you learn and get better and you build that confidence, those worries, those doubts totally go away. And I think it really ties back to what you were talking about, about, um, the fear of getting like bulky or what other people are think about you. The more confidence you build, like the better you educate, the better you train, the more you learn. You're not worried about those. Like those aren't a fear anymore. Like just, it's really refreshing talking to you and you mentioning all these fears because it, it does bring up like, wow, I remember being so scared to walk in the dark or like, oh my God, like Noah's around. Like, what do I do about this? Or watching and having that heartbreak of mistakes and things like that. And 
slowly. It's, it's just forever a learning process and you have to be prepared to pick yourself back up and be ready to keep going. I think honestly, that is just the biggest part of all of it. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that too. Cause yeah, it's, it's definitely, again, I, I, I think just about anyone can get scared of the dark men or women. Uh, I've had my moments. <clears throat> I don't talk about them very often, but I've definitely had my moments. I, you know, but uh, I can only imagine knowing how oversaturated the hunting industry is with men and even the lifting industry is with men. I know it's growing for women, especially nowadays. Um, and the same with hunting, but still there's so many things, uh, you know, you're in more of a, I guess, more of a populated area in Wisconsin than you would be out here in public land in the West, but there's still those fears. One, you know, you're in a more populated area, so there could be people that shouldn't be on your land on your land, right? Um, in public land, there's people that you don't, I mean, you could never run into someone and then you could run into groups of people. Like it's, it's a crapshoot. So now I'm um, just, just knowing how you kind of overcame that. And I, I love what you're saying. You kind of dipped your toes in the water. Then you, you know, you separated yourself from, from the stand with your dad. And then you were just further and further away until you started doing it yourself because you wanted to, you didn't want that to be a limitation, which I think anyone getting into hunting, it's great. It's a great progression in general to have a good mentor, but then you're going to realize you're dependent on their schedule. <laughs> so you need to kind of branch out and start doing your own thing or be okay with being dependent on someone else's schedule, which if you're passionate about it, that's not fun. So, you know, um, but I, I really appreciate you sharing that. That's awesome. Is there anything else that maybe I haven't asked or that I haven't thought of that you'd like to share maybe um, from a woman's aspect in all of these things of fitness, nutrition, and outdoors aspect? Sure. Um, I think the first thing to say is just simply go for it. If you can't stop thinking about it, if it is like running through your mind all the time, if it makes you smile thinking about it, if it's just, you just feel that fire lighting, go for it, figure out a way. Like you can start from ground zero easily. Like it's a matter of going from the thought to the action is just getting started. And this is something like I'm becoming super passionate about. And I've been talking to Alex about this a lot is like with our um, little like hunting group that we created barbells and broadheads, I'm starting to do a Monday mission of empowering new hunters. So every Monday I want to post something, whether it's something that's kind of complex that can help someone along the way or something super, super simple. So kind of like a spoiler alert, one thing I post, I'm going to post on there is taking your earrings out before going to the stand. It, it's the simplest thing you could ever hear, but I like look back at old pictures when I was high school, like one, my dad didn't think about it because he's not wearing like fake diamonds in his ears. Um, But like they're in there and like, in my ears in these old pictures and they're like shimmering in the sun and stuff like that. It's in our industry, it can really be scary because say you're starting to build that confidence and you post that picture and all of a sudden you get slammed by all these negative comments, like really like you're wearing all this jewelry in the stand. Like, don't you know, that's going to scare them away, like stuff like that. And it's, that's where I'm worried that people can scare away new hunters and then they just get too intimidated and they leave and or there's the people who haven't been fortunate enough to have a good mentor. But like I said, like something about hunting is just lighting a fire in them and they want to get started and they don't know where is all of these basic tips that maybe all of us know 
would really help someone become passionate about it. And so that's something I'm really trying to strive for. And in the fitness industry as well as like telling these girls, like, yeah, drink your protein because a, it can be good. And two, like you said, it's not going to be a she-hulk. Like you can enjoy eating your food. You don't have to starve yourself. You don't have to compare yourself if you're in, you know, this is the skinniest girl in your class or something like that. Like you can live like this healthier lifestyle and still enjoy things. And it's sometimes like these basic tips that you and I might know it. At one point we didn't. And when we did, they totally changed the trajectory of how we work. So I've just been getting really, really into trying to better educate people and stuff like that and share these things so everyone can kind of get better together. So I think really out of all that is don't be afraid to start feel free to ask tips from people because most of the time, if you look for advice from all like these hunters, these fitness people, they're just so happy you want to get involved. So find, find the people and just get started and you will wish you did it sooner. Always. That's awesome. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. It's definitely a, a big thing as well. You know, just getting started, taking that first step, um, not worrying about social media necessarily. Uh, if you are worried what people are going to say, I'd even say, don't worry about posting it, share it with your, your individuals or join private groups. Um, like, you know, Redbeard's fit crew, first form outdoors page, people on there aren't going to slam you for things like that. So if you're, if you're even concerned about what people are going to say, cause there's people out there that they'll ream you for the dumbest things. I mean, I've had people say to me like, oh, that doesn't look like a 20 yard shot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Okay. Hope you have a good day. Like, how does that benefit that? Okay. That's cool. I don't have to prove to you what's going on. You know, like, so that but I've got a thick skin, you know, if you don't feel like you've got a thick skin, I would, I would, I would say maybe step away from social media or find those areas, those more private groups. Like what does uh barbells and broadheads, is that a group or is that just the Instagram page you guys created? Yeah. So we have in general, like our Instagram, TikTok, stuff like that, barbells and broadheads, but then like, just like red beard outdoors, we have, um, team barbells and broadheads where it's just a little more personal and just a closer group of like sharing the same passions that you do of just wanting to live this healthier lifestyle and enjoy the outdoors more. Exactly. Yeah. So find a group that you mesh with. There's so many options out there. Um, you know, if, if you'd rather not deal with my beard on a daily basis, then go talk to, go talk to Corey, uh, over there or join both groups and you'll pick something from both, you know, and, uh, but either way you can find groups of people that will support you. Um, which is a, a big positive from social media. Um, if you're finding people that are slamming you or trolling you, whatever, take a step back, find the people that genuinely want to support you and go join those groups and and uh, interact with those people on a more regular basis so that you can be consistent. Um, I don't I don't like that anyone feels that they can't step into something. Um, you know, but it's just like when I see people at the gym that are brand new, you know, or you can tell that they're working hard. Uh, they're, they're doing even sometimes more work than me, people that are very obviously overweight or just starting their journey. I don't look at them and say, what are you doing here? You know, in my mind, I'm like, damn, that's awesome. Like, good job. Good on you. I can only imagine what you had to go through mentally in the parking lot to even walk through these front doors to get to work. And now you're sweating more than anyone else in here because you're busting your butt, you know? So things like that, find people that will support you like that. Like Corey, like her fiance, again, first form outdoors in my group, we've just got great people that will uplift you and support you in your journey, whatever it may be. 
um, rifle hunting, bow hunting, fishing. I'm not a good angler, so don't ask me questions, but I can direct you in the right <laughs> place. Uh, you know, I'm not a waterfowl hunter, but I could, again, direct you in the right place. So things like that, again, just find people that you mesh with. So I, I love that. Um, great. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with the audience? I don't think so. It's been great to be on here. Uh, I really love what your podcast is doing. Like I said, from the beginning, um, I love the way that you just show that correlation that like, if you can put in the hard work in your hunting, in your family, in your faith, and the more you push that together, and I've been seeing this a lot lately, the more that you put that hard work in, the more it rewards you in all those aspects. And then like just recently, I feel like even between getting engaged, like there's just been this opportunity come in my grasp, another opportunity come to me. And like this, I just, more things are just starting to work out because it's, you keep that mindset you keep the hard work. And just like you just said, finding your group, finding the people, the support. And as you're already on this podcast, I'm sure, you know, like he runs a great group. It's finding all of that. It truly just helps you enjoy life and gives you the things that you deserve when you're putting that work. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, go ahead and plug your, your social medias and all the other things that you've got. Where do you want people to go look for you? All right. So it is barbells and broadheads. If you'd like to see Alex and I out hunting, working out, um, a lot of times just messing with each other, lots of pictures of our dogs. Um, that's on all social medias and it always has Alex and I's private Instagram tag. So it's barbells and broadheads just as it sounds, the and sign. And then our private team, just like Redbeard Outdoors, is Team Barbells and Broadheads. Awesome. And that's on Facebook? Correct. Cool. All right. We'll leave the links down below for you guys so you can go check it out, see if, uh, if you know, obviously what they're putting out there. I wanted her to be on here to discuss Barbells and Broadheads and where she's come from, her journey. So go check out uh, Corey and Alex and, and their journey. I'll leave the links all down below guys. And uh, thanks again for being on Corey. I really appreciate your time. And now uh, I was going to crack a joke there, but I'm not going to. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Enjoy this podcast and uh, go check them out. And of course, as I always say, get out, live your life and love it. All right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to this great conversation with Corey. She's just a stud of an individual. I'm stoked for her and her future husband for all the adventures that they're going on. The group that they have right now, Barbells and Broadheads, clever name. I love it. Uh, go check them out. I will leave the links down below to go find Corey, go find her husband and their group. Uh, you definitely want to get in on that group, guys. They're just amazing individuals. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you got something from the show, if you laughed a little bit at my crazy jokes or you enjoyed the journey that Corey's been on, uh, if you're on a similar journey, something along those lines, if you've learned something, laughed, just had a good time, share the show, share it, tag me and Corey or just me or whoever you want to tag in the, the Instagram stories that you're going to put it up on or wherever you want to share the show, guys, let people know about it. Really appreciate the growth that this is having and it's thanks to you guys. There's so many other options out there and you continuously come back and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Spend some time with family this weekend. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.